This is the podcast Love, Blood, Sex, Death. As daughters of Venus, we're on a mission for 2020 and beyond to awaken more love in the world through intimate and educational conversations that shed light on our societal taboos. Those are the things that we all obsess about privately, but don't speak about publicly. Welcome to the show. Hey, Tanishka. Hello, beautiful. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. In yet another lockdown. What fun. <laughs> I say. Oh. <laughs> I'm deeply relaxed about it. Y- yes. Well, um, I'm, I'm glad for them. Um, so I'm really happy that we're doing today's show. I think it is long overdue. Um, and yes. I've called it bloody essential, ladies and gents, specifically the ladies, because it's the bloody you should have got when you started cycling. <laughs> mm. About bicycles, I'm talking about that time of the month, which, let's face it, can be bloody hell, and it doesn't need to be. That's the whole point. So, um, if it's if you're somebody that fears your period as a time of bloody hell, this episode is dedicated to how you can have a bloody good time every month instead. <laughs> and to that end, we've got a very special guest joining us, uh, Anna Steele, um, who is a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner originally from New Zealand, land of the long white cloud, Aotearoa, who is now based in Bali. And I met her at a women's festival last year over in Bali and I attended her workshop on menstrual health, which I found fascinating. So I thought, right, time to get her on the show. So, um, Anna, can you, can you hear us over there in Bali? I've got my tin cans and string. <laughs> nice to have you with us. Yeah, I'm happy to be with you. Thank Thanks you. for inviting me. Cool. So um, the three of us, let's face it, we're all fertile. And so this is a shared experience that we have uh, with many women out there. And uh, today we're just going to go through some really basic info, a lot of which you brought to light for me, which when I heard it, it was like, why doesn't every woman know this? Um, And the first two pearls that come to mind that fell from your lips, Anna, was before your period, you need to hydrate um, because your body's got to create all that blood that you're going to lose. And having breastfed and chugged down two litre bottles of water on the couch to produce the, the lactating milk, that made a lot of sense to me. And I thought, wow, there's a lot of women out there completely dehydrated every time they bleed that are unaware of this really simple self-care practice. Can you explain why why we need to drink water and, and more water before our period and when we should start really chugging it down? Well, um, a human body is actually made of about 90% water molecules. So we're actually built out of water. So uh, we make water, or we make blood rather, from um, the the ingredients we put into our body. So that's water because 
we we lose water through sweat, through urination, through periods, through all these different things. And, and we're talking. Also... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all those water molecules and boy, do women <clears throat> love to talk. So, yes, do go on. <laughs> Interrupting <laughs> you. <laughs> yes. And, um, and we're also needing ingredients to make this blood because blood is containing different substances and all those ingredients come from food. So you need to put in ingredients to produce substances that you're going to lose. And when you lose those substances, you need to replace them. Right. So if women aren't properly hydrated before they bleed, what kind of symptoms would evidence that? Would be a flag and go, yeah, honey, you need to be drinking a lot more and I'm not talking about vodka. <laughs> well, there's obviously going to be tiredness uh, okay. and, and dryness because there's a lack of hydration. So you're going to have dry skin, maybe dry eyes, dry hair, and if that um, pro- have and what? if that progresses, if you you get into the too much dehydration, you're going to start heating up, and then when you start heating oh, no. up you're going to cook off any moisture that you do have left and that's going to create a cycle of uh, cooking the water off. <clears throat> that's fascinating. So at this point we're not talking about just being a sassy, hot tamale woman. We're talking about steam coming your ears, at, out of your ears, I should say. And you know what I find fascinating? You know when you get really angry if you're premenstrual, mm-hmm. That is like heat, excess heat in the body. So wouldn't like the water have a cooling effect if you really up your intake of fluids? Or is that just I'm barking up the wrong tree completely? No, water is obviously yeah going to lubricate things and moisten things and cool things down. Mm-hmm. But you don't, but then we get into the situation where people are drinking lots of cold water and when you drink too, eat or drink too much cold stuff, you're actually putting out the fire energy because if you... The fire in your belly. Yes, yep. that's called the Agni in Ayurvedic medicine. It's a digestive fire. And um, basically you need a balance of water and a balance of fire and they help each other. The fire helps move things along, warm things up, get um, contractions moving in the body and then the water is helping to cool the fire down. So you have to have a good balance of both. Um, it's always about balance, isn't it? It always comes back to that, which I know is something the traditional Chinese medicine, you know, has taught for thousands of years. Um, thank you. That's, you know, that's an absolute pearl, I think, for, for anyone. If they only managed to listen to us for five minutes to take <laughs> away from this show. The other one that sprang to mind immediately when I was like, God, we've got to get Anna on the show, was you explained that the uterus doubled in size. So all those women that are, like, giving themselves a hard time for not being able to button their jeans up because <laughs> 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 they're extra bloated. It's like, well, just hang on a minute, you know, mm. lassie. There's actually a physio- physiological reason for that. It's not just fluid retention would you speak to that a bit well uh, like you've in in the chinese medicine viewpoint there's basically four phases in that 28 day cycle you know you've got mm-hmm. day zero to seven that's when you're bleeding to replace the lost blood and up for the ovulation time where you can perhaps conceive a child and then there's the phases after that as you're starting to cool down 
and then prepare to lose the blood again. So in these different phases, your uterus is going to become full of blood and preparing these tissues and hormones and everything for experience. When that doesn't happen, it's going to, they call it sloughing off, where all of that prepared tissue departs your body. So <laughs> it's like a tissue. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're going to become full and you're going to become empty, and that's a cyclical thing. So, Right. So your cup is full, but it's full of blood. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, I need to go fill my cup. They're probably not thinking I've got to go fill it with blood. So mm. we're... And that's also why we don't feel like running on the beach in a pair of white bikinis like the carefree ads would have us think we ought because uh, we're heavy with blood, yeah? And also if you do a lot of strenuous exercise when you are heavy with blood, what's holding up the uterus is ligaments and they uh, mm. are like elastic straps that strap to your uh, pelvis and to your lower back. So if you're bobbing up and down, jumping around with a very laden full uterus you're actually stretching those ligaments and you're weakening them thank you wow that's the best advice i've heard for not going to the gym thank you <laughs> don't do it don't do it <laughs> so i learned the hard way not to do aerobics on nachos now i know not to do aerobics <laughs> with a big bloated belly full of blood thank you gems absolute mm -hmm. gems falling from your lips um that just makes so much sense. And I also want to pick up what, on what you said about, you know, that phase from ovulation down to your menstruation, the luteal phase, that mm. two-week period. <clears throat> you said about that's when we're cooling down. So can you speak to when we're hot and when we're cold? Is it is it a matter of that? Well, it's, it's to do with the estrogen and um progesterone hormones so when you've mm -hmm. got high estrogen that's more you could consider that building up yin and blood building up substances and that's mm -hmm. that that's a more cooling nature because yin and yang are basically water and fire yin is the Thank cooling you. stuff so that's more to do with the estrogen building up then Which once the yep yeah, and estrogen is the feminine hormone yep got it yes and then that's preparing that's leading you up to the ovulation time where you would would or not conceive and that's where the progesterone um it's basically the yin has hit its peak and then it changes into the progesterone which is warming warming up so that's where your temperature is going to change on the ovulation you have a little bit of a dip in temperature just before ovulation and then it spikes yes. up again and then it will if you if you have conception your level will remain higher than usual um, and if you don't have conception, it will drop back down again as you go back into moving into losing the blood and then needing to rebuild it through the estrogen cycle. So. Got it. So um, just in terms of self-care, like empowering people with things that they can do themselves, um, my understanding is that the menstruation phase is kind of like the barometer of how well we've either neglected or taken care of ourselves the rest of the month. And if we've pushed ourselves by not having enough downtime, then our uterus sounds the alarm because the womb is holding all the unexpressed tension that we've not released, um, which in the West, when it's productivity, productivity, you know, there's a real tendency, I know, with myself to override the nervous system. 
um, and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Coffee, coffee, <laughs> and coffee. Like, what was that? Coffee, coffee. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And so you kind of think you're cheating and, yeah, I'm getting away with it until <laughs> your body has the final say on this. Um, so what is it that the other three weeks of the month, now I'm making an assumption everyone has a 28-day cycle, which I know we don't. It's like one size doesn't fit all either, but come with me, just speaking in general terms. What would you suggest that people do in those other three weeks of the cycle so that that final week is not as rough? Um, so on that little that chart, um that I was discussing before with the four phases. After yeah. you have, so your period phase, the blood is moving. So you want to encourage the movement of the blood. Um, so that could How get into, we well, you can do abdominal massage is very, very good. If, okay. And you always want to go in the clockwise direction, um, following the pathway of the large intestine. Uh, because okay, that's making the, 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 the blood and fluids go in the right direction to out, out of the body. Um, so you want to do, yeah, abdominal massage and just be really gentle. Then the, the next phase is basically, we call it nourishing the blood and the yin phase. So to do that, how do we make blood? We make blood from the food we eat because it's mm. containing all the ingredients. And so what's the best food for making blood? Um, Chinese dates are very, very good. They're not too too sweet and they're really good for blood building. Goji berries are good, but only if you have a strong digestion. And then other things are like uh, leafy greens, like asparagus, green beans, mung beans, alfalfa sprouts, seaweed, which contains iodine, and spirulina yep. and chlorella and all of those green things. Brilliant. So... If someone was not a veggie eater, God forbid, I mean, love them myself, could mm-hmm. just getting into the spirulina supplements or in their smoothies help enough or do we really need a, a, a more of a balanced diet of greens? And Well, you know, I, I eat meat, but I don't eat much. I eat it maybe once a month or twice a month and that's really great for getting ingredients into your body um, especially animal fats, which contain things that plants don't contain fats-wise. Um, so, That's yeah. So and butter, if... butter and ghee and... Oh, I love having you on the show. You know, I've always said butter is love and now mm-hmm. we have proof. So that's an act of self-love, ladies. Mm-hmm. Really slather the butter on your um, baguette. Yeah, you got to eat fat and salt. Oh, um, God, <clears throat> Because if I if I talk a little bit about cravings, why do we get a craving for sweet food before we have our period? And this is because um, all of the organs in Chinese medicine are allocated to a different flavor, and the flavor of the stomach and spleen is sweet. So knowing that to produce blood, we make it from the food we eat. That means we need a healthy stomach and spleen activity, and if the stomach and spleen is a bit needing attention, needing a hit. I need something sweet, but it's not that you need something sweet. It it means that you need ingredients, you need nutrients. Mm. So if you take the sweet alert craving as an alert for I need food and ingredients and 
and things to build my blood and yin and you put in fat, butter, salt, vitamins, minerals, all that sort of stuff, instead of grabbing for the chocolate and the donuts, you're actually going to give your body what you need and not cause Whoa. the stomach and spleen um, to lose their energy. Wow. So I'm sure all the women out there <laughs> that are going, oh, <laughs> that's but, why but I my a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> so you're better off having good fats, would you say, and, and uh, you know, butter. Can you give us some examples of the sort of supplements that you would also suggest when people get that flag of a sugar craving? Um. Definitely fat, definitely salt. And then you want to also add in magnesium chloride. Um, magnesium is one of the most important minerals for all types of body functions. It's for cells, it's for hair, it's for nerves, it's for muscle, it's for bones, it's for everything. It's also uh, meant to help soothe cramping is my understanding. Yes, because um, at nighttime uh, the magnesium is meant to replenish the heart um, and the heart is... Sorry. Oh, you just dropped out for a moment. We heard you say it helps to replenish the heart. Yes, at, at night time, um, when you're sleeping, magnesium flows into the heart to mm -hmm. um, restore the heart function. So any kind of crampiness is showing that there's like um, the, the vessels and the blood flow is a little bit, you know. Meh. Interesting. Yeah, I take a biocuticals, um, magnesium powder, uh, to also help me sleep. Uh, mm -hmm. But also if I don't, I then tend to get, you know, calf muscle cramps. It's a really pleasant way to wake up, let me say. Yeah. Um, not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, magnesium is great for any woman that's cultivating her kundalini as well, you know, just in terms of soothing the nervous system. And also I think in that luteal phase when we're more, psychically expanded and sensitive in every way but i just think for how crazy modern life is we need magnesium every day regardless yes. but um so and i i understood the craving of chocolate was because it's so rich in magnesium that people you know but i didn't know about the the sweet things that's fascinating mm. okay so magnesium i interrupted again what else were you saying in terms of supplements? And that would um, help with headaches too, wouldn't it? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's, feed, Kristen, it's feeding every single cell. Because Kristen, my lovely co-host, who is ever so patiently sitting listening to us, um, <laughs> suffers extreme migraines with her menses. Do you want to just take us down that path for a minute? We'll circle back to the supplements. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, so they were brought on when I took a hormonal contraception called Yasmin, which is now illegal and it's been renamed in other practices in other states and countries. Um, there's like uh, lawsuits against doctors in the states, class actions for, for the prescription of Yasmin because of the lack of research that they did. And when they did do research, there are a lot of negative side effects. A lot of women had to stop the study because of um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder and menstrual migraines. Um, but when I took it when I was 20, that hadn't all come about yet. So I was on it for about uh, 
three weeks or a month or so and I started noticing huge lumps and many different lump cysts and fibroadenomas growing my breasts and started getting headaches and I was crying every night and I was like okay this is yeah it was really it was, let's just it was say really doctors intense. are not always right folks it's uh you know good to, yeah yeah stay vigilant yeah totally um yeah that's the thing I trusted back then I trusted doctors I didn't know anything any better unfortunately and many women that I've talked to since that have menstrual migraines also took Yasmin and have also had the same really extreme side effects um and so they started coming they kind of have come into a pattern of coming coming every time I bleed either before during or after and as well as sometimes when I ovulate and sometimes randomly in between with changes in my hormones and other like other things that happen in day-to-day life dehydration staying up late um and stress as well really bring it on and I've been on a journey since I was 20 so it took me sort of seven years to to start seeking alternative methods of healing because yeah the doctors were like oh you just have to treat your pain and manage your pain Mm -hmm. and I was like I can't live like that and so when I was 27 I I started seeking alternative therapies, acupuncturists, um, naturopaths, um, and like doctors that also have a holistic approach and hormones and found out a lot about what was going on in my body and um, have been on a journey since of trying to refine my self-care routine and look after myself and not to upset my hormones and, and things have been getting progressively better, progressively better. And then recently I, I did a, a cleanse for five days, a juice cleanse, which I think put my body into a state of shock and brought on a lot of headaches and migraines again. I feel like um, there's I've got cortisol in my body. I'm waking up in fight or flight. I feel the progesterone and estrogen is out of balance. I'm getting huge tender breasts when I'm in the premenstrual mm. phase. Um, and I've, yeah, so I'm going back into the journey. I'm in the middle of the journey now with it. Um, but something that I've come across recently is, um, a sensitized brainstem issue with a lot of migraine and headache sufferers where the influx, the, the change in hormones is much more of a dramatic effect on the brain who, who, to anyone who's had a neck or, um, yeah, the, the top vertebrae of the neck injury or out or the brain stem being sensitized that's interesting my current approach Mm. I also I was um a mutual friend of ours Tony Roseman put me onto medical medium and um as did a few other people at the same time and I found his work really eye-opening great um and he speaks about migraines you know there are many many causations but one is the BV virus, which I have. I have two strains of, which I'm clearing out of my system with homeopathic drops, but it's a long process. And Epstein-Barr virus, yes, thank yeah. you, which is basically glandular fever, folks, if you're wondering what the hell I'm talking about. Um, and apparently yeah. he reckons up to 50% of the populace have it. So, you know, it's far more prevalent than COVID. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, no one's talking about it. You know, we're ignorant. And 
um, you know, he was saying that 80% of our body's resources go into menstruation. So if there's any underlying compromising of the body with like a dormant virus like EBV, um, that the other 20% can't hold off those symptoms and it crashes the immune system. Um, and that's the same if someone's got underlying allergies or heavy metal toxicity uh, or, mm. you know, a sensitive nervous system. So it's not always just a hormonal thing, but that's often, mm -hmm. especially what the Western medical doctors go, women's problems, hormones, um, mm -hmm. but rather that the energy reserves, you know, the body is doing such a huge detox, cleansing, purification, you know, the whole uterine lining being shed, you know, it's a big, it's a big show. <laughs> so, totally. You know, totally. and that's why women would go to the <clears throat> lodge, go to the red tent, lie around on fur and eat grapes and have a bit of a laugh with their friends mm -hmm. while they bled onto hay, which was then put <laughs> onto the crops. You know, we weren't meant to be fucking mm -hmm. online <laughs> and doing housework <laughs> and taking kids to soccer. So, um, you know, I see it as the body again sounding the alarm going, hang on a minute, you're not living in a sustainable way because you're not acknowledging the fact we are cyclic, you know, and that mm -hmm. nature doesn't expect itself to bloom 24-7, <laughs> 28 mm -hmm. days a month like you need a fallow time. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, with the migraines, because I remember being with you when I had a menstrual migraine and you were fantastic. You were mm -hmm. like, right. You had the ice pack on the back <laughs> of my neck. We had, I think it was the peppermint oil roll-on on my temples. Yeah. We had the hot pack <laughs> on my womb. <laughs> and I, and the, the extra cushions in my sacral. I'm just like, fuck, does this woman know how to do menstrual comfort, you know? I was like, you've got an Amazon review of five stars for menstrual <laughs> self-care. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, but it's a learning curve like you know when I went to Anna's it workshop and here I am I'm turning 50 this year and it's like I'm coming to the end of my fruitful days and I'm finally learning this stuff which geez it's so important you know mm. yeah. yeah totally so um what would you say to migraine sufferers out there Anna, <clears throat> from a Chinese medicine point of view what could they do that could help them sort of minimize the impact of migraines well headaches are usually about either there's not enough going up to the the brain or there's too much so not enough means do you have enough substances in your body i.e ingredients supply water supply um hormones imbalance that kind of thing and yep. then too much can be uh, possibly, yes, there is a structural problem in the neck and that's creating a, a blockage in the flow of water going up because we're a water system flowing like a river and if the river can't flow, it's going to find a block and then it's going to build up pressure. So you have to figure out, is it a case of not enough or too much? And then you look at other symptoms around that, like if it's a case of not enough, your period might be quite scanty or um, irregular or you're having symptoms of dryness and you're feeling tired and, and all that kind of thing. Too much, you just might be feeling really just angry and aggressive and, and basically things are blocked. So <clears throat> too much is like 
too many blockages, which can be due to structure or organs in the wrong position. Not enough is not enough ingredients. And then there's... Sorry, yeah. Well, then also, like, if as you were discussing, you were doing some detoxing, um, juice fasting, possibly that's putting quite a lot of load on your liver, which is your detoxing mm -hmm. digestive organ, and um, you're basically letting out all of your ingredients and maybe not replacing what you lost, and that can lead into a cycle of the liver, because uh, the liver's job is to basically hold all the blood. And then when it's time to send the blood to different organs, the liver will do that. And the liver, you could imagine it's meant to be like a wet sponge full of blood. And that's when it's most happy. And if it gets too dried out, it can get a bit pissed off. And it will go and attack the other organs. And you will get symptoms of pissed offness. And you'll get breast distension and all of that kind of thing. Thank you. So it's a pissed off liver. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's gold. That's gold. So... Um, because uh, I'm a wood type in Chinese medicine. I used to get acupuncture with my dear friend Carly when I was premenstrual because I'd get this five-day headache. And it's the contraction phase because it's a rebirth that we go through as a shamanic process, you know, in the, the menstruation. So there's this contraction before that and we go into a contracted state on all levels, emotionally, energetically, psychologically, and physically and um i used to find that acupuncture just chilled me the fuck out you know mm -hmm. it just really got that liver chi flowing beautifully so um as a chinese practitioner would you suggest women having acupuncture once a month in that luteal phase like a week before they expect their period or how regularly or in which phase would be best it's going to depend on what, what your period pattern is like with your surrounding symptoms. So the luteal phase, that's where you want to boost up the chi and the yang energy. So that's the fire energy. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, so that means you're going to be doing a lot of warming. You want to warm up the body. Um, and then in the follicular phase, you know. If so you're... may I add, keep your kidneys covered, ladies. Wear a singlet, tuck it in your undies. Is that the sort of thing? Or yeah, listen to your grandmother. Chili? ginger like warming kind of foods yeah yeah ginger is much more um sort of Digestive. to to have rather than chili because chili is on the scale of freezing cold to hot 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 chili is hot 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 so okay. you can actually your fluids so chili is like a sometimes thing I Dep see, I see. depending on your constitution depending on your current imbalance or balance sure. situation Okay, but ginger is a pretty good, safe one to go to? Yes, and it's a digestive and it's warming up your digestive fire and things like that. Because isn't um, that part of it too? Like if you're constipated, that's going to potentially add to cramps if there's not enough room in there for, you know, and if there's inflammation in the body. Is that like you want your digestion running smoothly in order to alleviate the possibility of intense cramping, would you say? Yes, well, my ass. I just, like in, in the way you look at the body, you've got the top section, which is your heart and your lungs, the middle section, which is your spleen, stomach, liver, gallbladder, pancreas, and some of the intestines. That's your digestive bit. And then down the bottom, you've got your reproductive organs, your kidneys are on the borderline, and then you've got your bladder and then the lower part of the intestines. So 
if you look after your digestive center, produce clear, clean, usable fluids. But if you have a digestive system that's um, overloaded with too much hard to digest things um, and emotional disturbances because of the liver's involvement, you'll probably start producing toxins. And those toxins will go sinking down and they'll go down into the lower regions and that can actually cause um, menstrual health issues like endometriosis blockages like that and then also blockages in the in the colon and the intestines causing things like constipation and diarrhea so, so it's if people always... have IBS or if they have uh -huh. endometriosis you would suggest really addressing the digestive digestive issues yes yeah yeah definitely you know what I've found life-changing for my digestion Mm -hmm. The daily celery juice, again, I'm going on about med medical medium, but um, I inherited low stomach acid from my mum's side of the family. And so when I became a mother, because pregnancy, you know, takes all the nutrients out of your body, I became gluten intolerant overnight. And then it just became more and more intense what I – or intolerant what tried going off meat i tried then paleo and nothing worked until I, I tried taking the um digestive enzymes and taking um you know supplements that had the acid but apparently they can inhibit the body's ability to create its own acid whereas having celery juice with nothing else in it every morning creates all this acid in the gut and I'm eating stuff I haven't eaten in years and I'm not bloated and I'm just like, woohoo! Beautiful. <laughs> and it has actually like reduced my amount of menstrual pain and some other factors which I'll get into later. So, I mean, look, it's all a matter of trial and error, just like life. But if anyone out there finds that they have a lot of digestive issues, give it a try. It's not a one fix for everyone. I've got a girlfriend that, for her, it was um, kefir um, that really mm, fixed up her say. gut and the celery juice didn't work for her, you know. Mm. In fact, she nearly crapped her pants on a few occasions. So, you know, um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a medical practitioner, I'm not a naturopath, but all I know is what works for me. So, yeah, throw it into the mix. Yeah, well, different constitutions need different things. Um, mm. If you have too, too cold you're basically, it's like pouring ice on the fire and the fire energy will just fail and that causes a prolapse of organs or a diarrhea in that case because you've, you've chucked too much ice on the fire and the fire can't contract the muscles and hold the organs up. Um, but another great, another great thing for the, um, getting the right ingredients and in for the stomach and pH balance and things is uh, aloe vera. So, like, get it out of the, fresh out of the leaf and then yeah. just eat it? Or how would you prepare that? Um, <clears throat> there's different ways. The most simple way is you can take, like, maybe the equivalent of two teaspoons and mix it with the, the same amount of warm water and whiz it in the mini blender and then just knock it back like a shot. Um, Thank you. That sounds a bit easier than chewing it because it's very – it's a weird texture. It's very bitter and it will stay on your lips for like three days if you don't knock sure. it back. <laughs> okay, so it's a case of hold your nose. 
<laughs> but what that's <laughs> really great for is it provides um, a whole ton of amino acids to the body, which are the building blocks to make proteins. So it's actually adding in all of the right ingredients and it repairs the stomach lining and um, detoxes the liver as well. So Oh, wow. And it's so great for constipation. Is it? So <laughs> yes. it's a one-stop a one chemist, um, but you can grow it on your porch. Fantastic. And grow it for free. Um, yeah. You just don't want to overuse it. You want to have a break after 10 days because it can build up toxicity in your body. So then you 10 days oh, on, 10 days off, repeat if needed. That's important. Thank you. That's brilliant. Um, I'd also heard it recommended for perimenopausal, like, you know, for hormonal transition times. Is mm -hmm. that something you would advocate? For the aloe vera? Yeah, aloe vera. Oh, for sure. Because mm -hmm. when, when you look at that plant, it's very, very wet. And what is wetness? It's yin energy. So it's a happy woman. <laughs> so what happens in, in the menopause transition is because women are more yin, because we have you know, periods and blood and lots of fluid stuff happening, men are more young. They're more energetic and, and warm and fiery. This is just the Chinese medicine duality you know, breakdown of things. But... Um, when women go into their menopausal cycle, this, the yin starts declining. So that means the moisture starts going down, the coolness starts going down, and they start heating up. So mm -hmm. instead of moisture, and aloe vera is one of the most moist plants um, out of all of the, the herbs. That's it's, gold. It's, yeah. Now, this might be too much information for our readers, but um, when I was in Bali and I had some growing on the porch, I found it really good as a natural lubricant, ladies. <laughs> Wasn't thinking about the bitter taste on the lover's lip for three days. Didn't have a lover. But <laughs> point of trying <laughs> to come back, come back, um, is that for those who are in the perimenopausal phase, if you do experience dryness, um, I was getting like such sensitive skin on my vulva that, um, you know, I couldn't masturbate. And when that happens, you know, that's a serious problem, folks. So, um, and it turns out it's another one of the symptoms of EBV, the Epstein-Barr virus, these immune um what do you call them? Immuno auto autoimmune disorders. Thank you. So mm -hmm. it's you know there's a number of um, what would you say mystery illnesses that are all the symptoms accrued over time if you are harboring Epstein Barr virus, and that's one of them which really comes out in the perimenopausal phase. So whilst you know you want to get to the core of it and get the bloody virus out of your system that really gave topical relief because um, I found on a cyclic basis I could even ulcerate just prior to my period and it's not herpes, it's, um, mm. you know, basically Lilith is pissed off. <laughs> yeah. Woman, the face of the vulva, but that's a whole mm. other show, me and my vulva. Yeah, especially if now, you're on Bali driving motorbikes. Hey? Especially if you're riding around on motorbikes in Bali. It's yes, a, interesting. Yeah. Um, mind you, that always made me very happy, the hum and the buzz <laughs> if you get my drift. Um, now, Kristen, I want to circle back to premenstrual dysphoria because mm -hmm. we can. 
Um, I reckon yeah. I've suffered this and so did my mum. Um, and yeah. it's only something that actually hit my radar, I'd say, a year ago. And uh, what it is is it's a very extreme form of premenstrual tension, premenstrual syndrome, however, whichever country you're in, um, that, you know, your moods can plummet to the point where you come across as bipolar, you know, suicidal, manic, you know, enraged, uh, which can, they say here on a website, it can disrupt work. (laughs) I'd say more than a disruption. (laughs) Um, damage <laughs> relationships. I would say scare children actually mm, in there as well. Um, and a lot of women get misdiagnosed as bipolar that actually have this. And there was also, mm-hmm. you know, the video I came across was saying there was a lot of GPs, doctors that were sort of gaslighting women and fobbing them off going, oh, it's just PMS, you know, go home and take a Bex and lie mm-hmm. down. But um, they suggest... Um, you know, it's like all roads lead to Rome, reducing caffeine, nicotine. They say reducing not just sugar but sodium and alcohol and increasing aerobic exercise. The idea is you need more sleep basically. And if if we're all highly strong and overdoing, then the chance of those symptoms being exacerbated is more. And they also say complex carbs increase serotonin. So... If we can have a diet rich in whole grains um, as well as fruits, veggies and calcium and also vitamin B6 up to 100 milligrams a day, vitamin E, calcium, magnesium, there it is again, and tryptophan, which I believe you can get in uh, salmon, pineapple. Um, I know that because it's like a chill the fuck out (laughs) thing. Whenever I see that, I'm like, I think I need to listen to that. Uh, but acupuncture, um, but the medical community, what they're tending to do as a first-line treatment is put women on antidepressants, so Prozac, Zoloft, the usual suspects, um, and oral contraception. And then, then if that doesn't work, it's whoop it out. They uh, give them either a chemical um, menopause, so inducing menopause, or a hysterectomy. So... What from a Chinese doctor point of view, Anna, have you had any experience with this with treating women or what's your take on it? Well, there's with things like um, you know, postnatal depression or just depression in general, uh things like that, or moodiness, irritability, anxiety, that's always a Chinese medicine going back to the function of the liver. Because the, the liver as I said, that each organ has a different flavor. Every organ has a different um, kind of emotional go-to default state. And the liver is always about frustration and anger. So when you start getting these irritability, depression, everything like that, what we call it is liver chi stagnation. The liver energy is not moving. And so when they're recommending things like exercise and laying off caffeine, that's actually what we would prescribed for the same diagnosis in Chinese medicine of liver chi stagnation. Thank you. Um, hey, if a woman has more of a brown than a red blood when she's bleeding, yeah. is that a sign that there is stagnation in the liver? 
Yeah, it's it's like it's old blood that yeah. hasn't been able to be pushed out and it's dried out. So it can be due to liver blood deficiency, which leads back to how much blood has been made, which leads back to how much did you put in to make blood via your ingredients called food. So in a normal, in quotation marks, menstruation, yeah. should we have any brown blood sort of at the beginning and the end or should it just be fire engine red, you know, the sort of nail varnish you want to put on your toes and feel good, like bright, bright red from start to finish or is it normal to have a top and tail with sort of a, a darker brown? It's definitely normal to have. You look at, if you look at your body as just a representation of what you see happening in nature throughout the seasons. So we have different seasons, different conditions, different climates, different environments, and that's all happening inside your body as well. And different climates can happen because you've got some emotional stuff going on, or you've got a diet change happening, or you've twisted your ankle one day. All this stuff is changing the body and the energy flow. So if you can make a journal and track or get a period, amazing, and yep. you can tr track all of your symptoms, you'll be able to notice your patterns over time. And then when you know that brown blood is probably old blood, which might be a bit about the liver not moving the blood enough, then you can start prescribing yourself, oh, at that time, I should do some stuff for my liver, which is have some sour food, like lemons and things like that. Um, do some exercise because it moves the energy in the body and have some liver herbs like uh, chrysanthemum and dandelion and stuff like that. So you can... Great. Yeah. Dandy coffee's lovely. I mean, not yeah. everyone's cup of tea, literally. but um, And I, I like when you say move. So you could get a punching bag and punch the crap out of it and that way you're getting the emotional toxicity oh, yeah. as well, yeah? Yeah, grab a pillow and whack the wall. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Whack therapy. Um, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Kristen? Have you got anything you wanted to add to that topic? Yeah, I feel like over the years I've learned definitely like a lot about like cycling consciously and trying to be aware of where my body's at and what it needs and um, the food and exercise, like being in sync with that cycle. Like I know from my understanding in the premenstrual phase because we do need more of the tryptophan and more like the things that help us with anxiety and depression and overwhelm um having things like quinoa and buckwheat and as you said salmon like I really noticed and when I used to get migraines I'd be so excited to have salmon I'd be like okay I'm going to re reward myself with salmon for surviving the migraine not knowing it was my body at the time telling me like that will actually help that will help the migraine um because tryptophan is, the, yeah, that's the main ingredient in the migraine medication that I've had to use. But um, with exercise, like, yeah, doing more like anaerobic exercise in the premenstrual phase and aerobic exercise in the in the follicular phase. Um, so like more like cardio stuff when I'm in the in the follicular phase and so if I may more strengthening. The follicular being those two weeks when you finish your period and you're on your way up literally to exactly. um, um, ovulation. ovulation and it's when we've got more stamina, yeah. more energy, more strength. Yeah. So that is the time when you can go harder 
Um, literally. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, yeah, and then more like strength building um, in the in the luteal phase. And then, yeah, I wind it right down when I bleed and do like yin yoga and gentle stretching and gentle walks. And then when I ovulate, I do something like play squash or like more like fast paced exercise I'd have power walking competitions with my partner <laughs> sorry I think images of Kath Kim and um you know yeah. power walking in their parachute uh, tracky backs sorry Australian comedy reference there oh, um, I've seen it I like it as oh my god you know yeah, yeah. the show of Fantastic. course I'm New Zealand but it's like next door to Australia oh I'm so glad it swam across the river great yeah um, I made it now uh with cramping, I found clary sage in a carrier oil does work. I mean, not to the point where if you're in, doubled over in pain, but it does help. As <clears throat> does chamomile tea, uh, which I find I need to drink with honey, otherwise it tastes like dishwater, but um, some people like it. Um, but just carrying doTERRA do a roll-on of the clary sage and just having that in your handbag to be able to roll a bit on your lower back and on your belly, really good stuff. Um, it was gifted to me. I'm so grateful, um, you know. So I think that's a nice little thing women can give to their daughters if they've got to go to school, for instance. Mm. Um, but I'm quite embarrassed to say that I've had to go on to prescription meds, uh, naproxen, I've had such intense period pain my whole life until I came across uh, urethra genital osteopathy um, and another French trained osteo who, you know, you were talking about the ligaments that can get stretched when you've got a belly full of blood and you go do aerobics. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, ligaments causing a lot of tension between my uterus and my sacrum so I get nerve pain running down the front of my thighs to either side of my knees as well as menstrual womb pain and back pain um, and if I didn't get drugs into me within you know half an hour to an hour of the first onset of pain forget it you know wouldn't be able to function but thanks to getting that structural work done you know I had a twisted pelvis it turned out from mm. a car accident that I was unaware of it's like oh no one of the birth of my daughter was so horrendous so I think it's good if people like I had a scan and they're like no you haven't got any cysts you haven't got any endometriosis but I'm doubled over in pain it's like well maybe it's a structural issue you know absolutely so, yeah well now What's your take on that or your experience of that, either of you? Uh, well, with my work, I focus primarily on getting people's pelvises back in the right position. And, oh, hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> and that's for men and women. It's, it's basically the pelvis you can view it's the centre of your body. And if you get that right, everything else kind of can fall into place more easily. And if you can imagine that if your external skeletal structure, your for example, your pelvis is a bit twisted from a car accident. What what does it look like inside where your organs live? Are they pretty, in line? Pretty yeah. yeah. So and and then if they're not like in their happy position, how is their function going to be? It's going to be difficult. Mm. So getting getting the structures back in the right place then allows the organs to be free flowing, and then you're going to have 
the flow of chi and blood and, and water and everything. So um, <clears throat> for anyone listening, there's a nice uh, reason to be able to go to Bali, not just for the beaches and um, the yoga retreats, but go and get your uh, <laughs> your pelvis stabilised and because uh, <laughs> uh, people can come visit you, can't they, in Ubud? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Lovely. I'm here still. <laughs> the crazy despite, world. Yes, despite the um, the shenanigans playing out at the moment. Um, also, something we haven't touched on at all is natural menstrual products. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of women out there still are perhaps unaware, probably not our listening audience, that all the bleached pads and tampons are carcinogenic and um, yeah. that obviously what's good for our bodies is good for the earth. So there's a plethora of um, products out there now um, ranging from, you know, cloth pads to menstrual cups. Um, and, and even you can go into the supermarket these days and get disposable ones that are... You know, if you've got to be travelling, for instance, you, you know, you you kind of need to have something on a long-haul flight or something. <laughs> you know, mm. There are options. So um, is that something you two would like to speak to in terms of your journey with that? Yeah, I – my experience has been I've, – I've been really lucky with, like, my blood flow and pain I don't I generally don't get menstrual pain. Mm -hmm. um yeah and I I also don't have a really really heavy flow it's around three days um and it's yeah it's I haven't really had to use like cup after cup after cup or temp I've got a lot of friends that use so many tampons in a day or pads or, or have to empty their cup a lot and I've been really lucky in that I just use reusable pads um, sometimes and sometimes when on the lighter days I just I, I use a whole bunch of tissue or toilet paper. God, um, that's fantastic. And then, I went and spent yeah. a fortune on those menstrual undies. They last I an hour. That. And I'm like, how many pairs of underwear right. am I mm. going to go through? You have a heavy you know? flow. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I right, went to the counter right. at the airport in Bali and my luggage excess was over. And so one of the things I got rid of was the, the fucking face yeah, washes that I used as cloth pads. Oh, and I'm, oh, oh geez, I've right. missed those. They had those. <laughs> they were good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I have been, I, I really love like the blood flowing outwards and downwards mm. rather than putting anything up inside and it just feels, for me, feels much better, like, just to have it coming out the natural. I'm the same. Natural I grew up using, yeah. um, you know, meds, tampons, because I did ballet and you couldn't have a big modest pad right. hanging out the back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, his baby pink cotton leotard. <laughs> ballet is not very, you know, women's mysteries oriented. Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and so it was when I did my vision quest for the year up in the mountains off the grid that I, you know, stopped using them. And it made sense because the energy is spiralling down. I mean, literally the iron and the blood is attracted to the iron and the earth. It's like a magnet. You're like, sit down and bleed, mm. you know. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I just, 
I was the same. I'm like, no, this is the rinse cycle. I don't want to jam it up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, if there was an issue where there was an opportunity to go boogie boarding, forget it. All bets are off. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm using a med. But, um, you know, as a general rule, I'm, I'm go with the flow. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Mm. So um, um, I've got one. There's a brand called Dry On. Um, I think you can get it in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah. And dry-ons have um, a strip inside of ions, and that basically sucks bacteria out into Whoa. the cat. So anyone that's got, some, like, endometriosis or, you know, Whoa. problem stuff, you can get those pads, and they're going to help detox your body at the same time. Oh, my God. That's like, you know, those feet things where you put your feet in it and the water comes yeah. through. Yeah. it out of your your um, vulva. Yeah, wow. it's just, just pulling out any any bacteria because bacteria has a positive charge and then that's a, attracted to the negative charge of the, the strip. So it's like a magnet. magnetic that's attraction. Brilliant. So it pulls the bacteria that's not good inside the, the yoni, the vulva and the vagina or it's- all bacteria? I think just all bacteria. Um, <clears throat> one of my teachers used that on someone that was experiencing some hemorrhoid pain and it sucked that out as well. And she Why? had, she had a, um instant pain relief. So, yeah, Whoa. it seems to be bac- bacteria in general. Now, um, given we started another six weeks of lockdown today, I'm sure women could buy that online. Can they? What's it? How do you spell it? Dry on? Uh, D-R-I. Yeah. O-N-S, dry-ons. Brilliant. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Good to know about that. Yeah, they're really nice. And I would say something about going swimming with your period. Yes. Um, which in Chinese medicine, it's a bit of a no-no. Oh, absolutely. Cold yeah. water. Yeah. I just yes, mean but... I, I love boogie boarding, but ordinarily, oh. no, I would not get in cold <laughs> water. Well, because I wanted to mention cold as a very, very important thing to talk about because okay. if you've got cold in your water system, what does cold do when you view cold in nature uh, when it's on water? It freezes the water and makes it into ice. Mm. And so if you can imagine if you're having too much cold food, too much cold drink, you're exposed to too much cold, you're going swimming with your period, all that kind of stuff, you can actually put cold into your into your pelvis and then you're going to get um, period problems and period pain that are caused by the cold in your body. That makes sense. Mm. Um, I I mean, to me, um, it's it's a, a no-brainer, you know, and I find it so interesting that the the um, companies that create nogenic non-biodegradable pads that's mm-hmm. exactly the impression they put on women that if if they don't want to run around swimming in the surf that something's wrong with them so yeah. you know the menstrual education that's happening in schools is all sort of hijacked by these corporations that are not thinking about women's health in fact the opposite it's purely profit at any expense mm. that being women's yeah. health so thank totally you the, that sorry no that um that the yasmin that peeled the contraceptive pill i was talking yep. about before it was made by Bayer, whose predecessors at ig farben who created the chemicals in the holocaust mm. um, the gas chamber chemicals so it's 
it's like re- like it's quite scary when we look at yeah where the the ancestry of our hormonal contraception is coming yes. from. Mm. So, um, would would you say getting in a sauna could be a good thing, or would that be a bit too much? It's when depending on on what si- yes part of your cycle because if if you um, go in a sauna you're going to heat your body up and increase blood flow. So when you're having your period, you don't want to challenge your body too much with too much okay. cold or heat. Less so it's more. But also, and on that, if you've got any kind of uh, infection, uh, you don't want to be doing saunas or steams or anything. Drive it more deeply into your body. So you have to be... Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. The the warm thing is I I know when I've had acupuncture and they burn the moxa the mugwort yeah. mm. it feels so nurturing so good oh my god it feels so nurturing and the same as you know having a hot water bottle on your belly it just like mm, warmth mm. Um, but also castor oil I've not done the castor oil packs um, is that warming for the body. It is doing three main things. Uh, castor oil, uh, you use it topically on the abdomen um, as a castor oil pack, which means you're soaking the fabric, you're putting it on like a big patch, and you're putting uh, glad wrap on top and then the hot water bottle. And the heat helps the castor oil penetrate into your And once it's inside your body, it can help detox any toxins into, and move it in, from the lymphatic system into the liver. So it's very detoxing. And then it can also um, break up scar tissue inside your body. So if you've got any internal organ adhesions, which is organs stuck to organs, um, it can help eat, like break all that st- stuckness down. Yes. And then it will move it into the lymph and the liver for detoxing all of the stuff. And there's also anti-inflammatory. So uh, interesting because I, I, I mean, obviously everyone knows now turmeric is very good for inflammation in the body, but um, that would specifically help with inflammation in the pelvic area then if you're using a castor oil compress, yeah? Yes, and you can also make a mini one. Like imagine if you get pain in your low back and mm. around your spinal area, maybe like three vertebra size patch, and you can stick that on and you can walk around like that all day and that's going to reduce inflammation for low back pain. Oh, lovely. Mm. Hey, we've already gone over the hour, I've just noticed. Okay. Um, so much to talk about, you know. Mm. It's like, whoa, what a big, not a can of worms, big Pandora's box we've opened. Um, the Holy and, Grail. Yes, indeed, because it is the Grail Cup. That's exactly uh-huh. what our wounds are. So, yes, I hope our listening audience has um, found it as fascinating as I have to speak with you about just empowering ourselves with information about how to be better caretakers of our wombs, of our grail. Um, And, yeah, it would be lovely to have you back on again sometime to go more deeply into some topics that we haven't been able to explore today. But um, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you.
If people mm -hmm. want to follow up with you, whether that's for a consult or I believe you've got more resources on your website, can you just share your website here, honey? Um, I've got, I'll give you, my new website is anaya.nz. So that's okay. A. Yeah, spell it. Yeah. Um, A-N-A-Y-A dot N-Z. Okay, beauty. And if you want to access my old website, you just click on the history button on that on that thing and it will lead you to the other website. Okay, so you've got more resources there then. Yeah, that's more of like a one I created with a lot more time on my hands. So there's a lot of patient, sort of client resources on there for all the stuff we've talked about, which is a lot of self-care information. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. um, and Kristen, is there anything you wanted to share with everybody um, that you might have on your website that relates to what we've spoken about today? Mm, yeah, I've got a, a menstrual magic booklet, which you cool. can find on my website. And it's got a lot of tips and tools, things that I've picked up along, along the way um, through my journey. Um, and then I've got a Know Your Cycles program, which is a self-directed program to understand the different phases and to go into them deeper and to cycle consciously. Um, I think that might be everything. And I know my, your my website... newsletter has a lot of stuff too in it each each month. Your membership? Um, Did you say my 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 newsletter has a lot ah. of like every full and duffing. It's got well, it's got reminders about our podcast, but then it also has um, information on our sensuality and and um, our health and our menstrual cycles. Beautiful. And yeah. um, at the time of recording this, um, I'm gearing up for uh, the Red Tent course, which starts on August the 3rd. And if you don't know what the Red Tent is, it's basically the sanctuary where women used to go uh, when they were bleeding um, to embrace menstruation as a shamanic process as a psychological, emotional death and rebirth. Um, so if you're interested in finding out more about that, you can head to my website. And uh, Kristen and my website details are in the outro for the show. So thank you for joining that us. that for the training, Tanishka? Yeah, it is. It's yeah, um, amazing. I, I've done it with you and it was incredible. Thanks so much. Yeah, So important thank that you. we yeah, yeah, see these all over the world. I'm um, giving it a complete overhaul and refilming 50 yep. videos and, you know. <laughs> Whoa, shit. Yeah, yeah, massive. So I'm excited we're relaunching it on Teachable. So, um, wow, and I've launched amazing. with that actually a new free video series called The Magdalens and the Grail, which is about the connection between the Magdalens, which were the women that facilitated the, the Red Tent Moon Lodges uh, in the ancient mystic tradition before Rome stamped it out. Um, and the Grail. So if people want to find out more about that, they can head to my website, moonwoman.com. All right. Well, um, I'll say Haru. Thank you so much, mm -hmm. both of you. Always an Thanks. absolute pleasure, Kristen. Thanks, and you. Anna, yeah. such a treasure trove of info. So really appreciate your mm -hmm. expertise here. Oh, I'm happy to share. There's just yeah, so much we can do for ourselves that has been uh, yeah, just forgotten out of the the teachings from mother to daughter and, and the grandmothers and we just need to re it all and, and give it back to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's happening. 
Yeah. All right. Well, blessings, everybody. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next month. Ciao for now. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you'd love to uh, catch future episodes, head on over to Spotify and uh, click follow. And if you'd like to find out more about my work, you can head over to The Moon Woman. That's M-O-O-N woman.com. And if you want to find out a bit more about me and the work that I do, you can go to yonilicious.com.au or you can find me on Instagram where I'm more active at yonilicious. Y-O-N-I-L-I-C-I-O-U-S. Beautiful. Have a great day. Bye.